with balls of something la 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 b33 is here for another one we got our beers we got our cheers we got some guests and we have a manager Stuart. all i want for christmas is you but bruno baltazar isn't half bad either talk to the people hey guys so we have two very special guests on this christmas episode uh, i think we can say christmas still uh scott and matt both of them were at the league announcement, and we wanted to bring them on to discuss what they think about MLS Next Pro and Bruno. Scott, what are your thoughts? Hello, everyone. Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, it's great to be here. So, yeah, Matt and I got to go to the announcement. It was pretty cool. Um, set up like a professional team, and we were really kind of impressed with the press conference. We had, you know, Adam Bello there. We had the MCC president there and Charles Alcheck from MLS two and they announced the league along with, you know, obviously the Rhinos or RNYFC as the only independent team. So we were really excited. We did some cheers and stuff. But um, listen to your guys last week on the pod, and uh, I know you guys are. I got to take that you're a little disappointed. You guys are kind of like USL fanboys, but I'm kind of excited about this MLS two um, move. I think it's a stable league with actually by you know MLS obviously and. A lot of people are seeing it as MLS two teams um, just playing one another, but I really think uh, it's got a chance to develop some players and uh, have some more independent teams join. So I'm really excited about going to games and uh, I think it's more stable than other leagues around, um, such as like NISA maybe. Um, and US, as far as USL, you know, I think they've, Dorkins have gone down that road. Um, I don't know. I don't have any inside info, but my, what I've told you guys, I think uh, privately, is just that, They've kind of been down that road before um, and maybe burned some bridges. I don't know the relationship moving to USL one um, from the championship and then kind of having that hiatus for such a long time um, might have caused some bad relationships would be my guess. And I uh, just think MLS gave them such a good opportunity to kind of come in um, with less fees and uh, just provides an amazing opportunity, in my opinion. Matt, were you? how did you feel when you were there? Well, you know, I'm. I guess you would consider me a USL fanboy as well. <laughs> um, so, I kind of like. You know, I wish they were going to go USL, like especially USL Championship. But you know, going to MLS uh, Next Pro, I don't know. Like, I, I'm going to give it a try. And you know, again, it's like what you said, Scott. The press conference was done very well. MCC was there as well as Charles Alchek, who was there as well. And uh, we got some good information from him as well as uh, the DeWorkins. So that's how, you know, how I feel about it is like, let's see and let's see it play out. But I am excited in one regards, us being the first uh, independent team. So we're always going to be forever first. So in a way, that's kind of a nice thing to have to know that our team is going to be the first team in this league. 
And then it's kind of like what you said, Scott, there must've been some kind of carrots, some kind of um, benefits for joining MLS. So I'm thinking something had to be done. There's, there's, there's something that we don't know that they've made a deal with. Um, and that might be maybe some uh, less fees, possibly maybe it was free to join MLS. Um, maybe there's something in the pipeline in a couple more years that we'll see. I mean, I know USL is talking about doing a few different things, including um, possibly um, promotion relegation between a couple of their leagues. Um, do I think MLS is going to be doing that? I'm not sure. And it's not a deal breaker for me. If it stays as a close league, it is what it is. That's fine with me. As long as we have a team, as long as we have games to go to locally and the team's back. And that's the big thing. Jimmy Vardy saved the Rhinos. Well, I, I will say to kind of add to that, um, just to re reiterate um, how professional I thought it was, we had a chance to talk to the president, Charles Alchek, after the press conference. I was just really impressed with how kind of serious they were taking this, I, I would say. Um, rather than it's not just a developmental league i felt like i felt like they had a plan to involve the independent teams he really spoke very well to you know having those extra teams come in and not just be kind of a minor league baseball sort of thing if that makes sense yeah i agree with you scott yeah that's one thing that i didn't mention was um charles did talk about how you know he didn't want it to just be a reserve league. He wants, you know, some older players playing on some of these B teams. Um, of course, we would be having that with our independent team. Um, but it definitely sounded like it was going to be different from that reserve league that they put on I don't know, probably about eight or 10 years ago, I think it was. So, you know, I'm interested and I'm excited to see how this is going to play out. I, and I understand that the first year, you know, it's going to be most or all B teams with us, but I'm really excited to see what happens in 2023 and see, you know, what other new teams join us. And, you know, to me, that's going to be big. You know, I was kind of disappointed because I expected a few more independents to join, but I kind of understand why some of those independents didn't join. So um, definitely excited just to be in the league and being the only independent team and, you know, possibly, you know, doing very well in that league. And uh, Stu and Mike, not to hog your whole show here, but um, <laughs> you guys kind of hit, you hit, you hit on this last week, and I kind of agree. It would, uh, I think it would really benefit some of these MLS2 teams to move to different cities, other markets, you know, whether that's like New York, Red Bulls, moving to Albany or something, just to kind of grow the, the brand, and you have them in smaller markets. Um, because, you know, like no one wants to go – to see Revolution 2 and Gillette Stadium that's full. Um, why not move them down to like Rhode Island, Providence, you know, or Connecticut where they can maybe draw some fans and get some engagement for the New England Revolution. Just one example, you know, so I really think that has a chance to kind of grow the game and grow the fan bases for MLS. And that was happening before Scott, I, you know, hogging it again as well. Um, I believe, uh, Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City had a team, um, and it was called Swole Park Rangers. Um, Philadelphia Union had a team that was called Bethlehem Steel. So, I mean, it's happened before. Um, so maybe they can go back and do that again. I mean, it's it's worked before. They were getting decent crowds at those, you know, uh, cities. So I would hope that that is part of the plan going forward. 
I think there's actually a uh, problem going on. It might be, is it the Tacoma, Tacoma Defiant? Um, isn't there, I think there's an issue right now whether they're going to be USL or this MLS2, and it's kind of a debate right now. But Yeah, uh, interrupting you, Scott, that's uh, Spokane, Washington. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was in Washington. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's that. I mean, there's always there's a few other uh, teams. I can't remember. There's another B team that plays in another uh, area as well. I just can't remember offhand. Um, but, you know, that's one of the things that you make a great point, Scott, about them, you know, those some of those B teams going to some other markets that are close by and, you know, maybe changing their names slightly. And again, it's like those examples I brought up, those would are great examples of that. So next week on Matt and Scott, we will get into. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, the more you guys talk, the less me and Stu have to do. So that's fine with me. But I, I've said my feelings before that I've wanted USL championship. And I'm not necessarily relegating this new league to being hot garbage just yet. I mean, year one might be a little rough, but let's be honest, it can't be any worse than what Nice is doing right now. I'm hoping that we catch everybody by surprise because we're basically the only unknown. The majority of the two teams that are coming in have existed for years and have a head start. So we could actually be gaining an advantage with this. And really, MLSNP is going to look like USL, the USL that everyone's used to in about three or four years with a mix of independent teams and uh, the two teams. And I think we're going to be surprised with how unsurprised we are with how many independent teams actually start moving over, especially the ones who have wanted MLS for a long time, like Sacramento and Phoenix. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, to to heart back on some of the advantages is MLS 2 team we kind of I don't know if it's a rumor or a fact but I think I believe Rochester's getting more home games than any of the two teams um, and that might have been one of the perks they got uh, that is accurate that's uh I don't know if we were allowed to say that but that's, so you that's it out so, you something's ever something that we've been that we've heard from certain people as we've said the the two teams don't really care about playing at home they're trying to get the next players and they're trying to give them time to play and places to play so playing with 5,000 fans at mcc is a lot better than playing with 200 at the yankee stadium i'm not so sure that we would get 5,000 to begin with though Stuart. that was a generic number <laughs> Yeah, I mean, MCC seats, seats 350, so they're going to add more on the other side. and Which is fine. It's fine, though, because if they add 1,000 seats and it gets to around 1,500 with some standing room, maybe, that's, I mean, it's not a huge number, but it should be manageable. You should be getting 1,500 people as the only pro team in Rochester. If well, you can't, then there's problems with something else. What were the indoor Lancers? What is that capacity when they were selling out? Does anyone know? I'm not sure if they were selling out, but I believe it was 2,000 the first year, and then they upped it to 3,000. I'm not sure whether they actually ever sold out. Well, that's the kind of crowd I think you're looking at and is realistic for that first year is just to get people there. And um, it, it was a good crowd. I know it was indoors, but... Um, I think that's a realistic goal for year one at the MCC. 
Yeah, and the MCC location, um, based on some of the information I gathered from the press conference, is you know it's a temporary location. It, they could be their permanent location, but they would build either um, you know next to it, or they would just build you know more into that uh, complex. So, so you know if they're only going to have fifteen hundred seats the first year, could be a lot more the second year to third year. So. It's one of those things. It all depends on, you know, if, you know, the 15,000 or not 15,000, 1500 is met there. I will say the MCC president, um, she was really excited about the opportunity and spoke of, you know, the players being able to get an education while being on the team, as well as her students being able to um, have those internships with the club, um, providing opportunities for that sort of thing. So seems like a good deal um, on all sides. Cool. So now let's uh, now that we've talked about the league, let's talk about today's actual big announcement. It's Bruno Baltazar. So just to give a little bit of a background of him, he played as a central defender in Portugal, Lisbon, Germany, England, and Cyprus during a 16-year career. He started and ended his career at Sintrinus. We're going to go with that. <laughs> Since then, he's managed at a number of clubs, notably and most recently as an assistant in Nottingham Forest, and he also managed at Apoli and Nicosia, winning the <laughs> championship. <laughs> Trying my best. But winning the championship and qualifying for the UEFA Champions League qualifying rounds. Unfortunately, they lost a close uh, first qualifying round match. He's available because he had some issues with, um, he had signed at Al-Anin Al FC of the Saudi Professional League, but he had some issues getting out of his contract at Nottingham Forest. So now the obvious question that we're going to ask everyone else, and I'm going to start because uh, everyone's making fun of my pronunciations of everything. I, I think he's a good fit. I, I think it's good to have a younger manager with lots of experience. That's what the team needs. Um, it's not a bad thing that he's managed in so many countries, so he has a lot of contacts. Those contacts should also be able to help with recruitment, which is something that I think that the team has talked about wanting to bring in outside players who may need that second chance from Europe, for example. So, Scott, what's your thoughts? Um, this is about what I expected, to be honest. Um, as I kind of told you guys, it's going to be a name that you don't recognize right off the bat but you kind of google him and you're like oh yeah that guy um it's 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 i think it's perfect for this sort of this size of club um i think you guys talk a lot about nottingham Forest because you know we're very english keen over here but um i know they how do you say it apoli fc in cyprus a-p-o-e-l um he managed there and they've been very good in the um europa league as of late um he was there in 2018 um and they have made a few runs to, like, I believe the quarterfinals of the Europa League before. Um, so that's where I recognize him from. I, I don't think you would expect a big name. <laughs> what time is it, Matt? <laughs> Sorry, it's 8 o'clock. Are they calling me cuckoo? <laughs> it's, it's 7.56 to be uh, accurate. Yeah, my cuckoo clock's like four minutes fast, five minutes fast. Sorry. Oh, good. But they, um, I think they just... 
I, I think it's going to be good. Uh, as Stu, Stu was saying here, he's got a lot of connections, um, which I think the owner said as well, to bring friendlies or players and just to kind of get that international feel here to the club and everyone. I think it's a really good fit for the club. Yeah, any, anyone who didn't know how to pronounce Lester after the Vardy announcement definitely won't know who this guy is. He's certainly not any of the names we were throwing around a couple episodes ago, like Frank Lampard. I mean, we, we said a lot of names. We took a healthy risk, but, you know, I'm not embarrassed by it. Um, and I think the female fans are going to love him. That's for sure. Actually, hold on. Latisha, come here. Uh, what Mike's trying to say. I want you to look at this guy. He's a good-looking guy. My wife agrees. So slow. All right. I want you to look at this guy and tell me, like, one to ten if he's hot or not. What's up, girl? Hold on. Here, put the headphones on. Okay, ready? This is the head coach. Mm. Do you have other pictures? Just go off of this one. Here, here. I thought that was a, is that a moan? No, no, that was not a mom. Uh, okay, I give. I don't know, maybe six, seven, I guess. One to ten. This guy's what like a nine, man. What is nine? Nine is RIT. No, someone said a nine. that is not a nine to me. What does that make right. me? Here's the What does that make me? Is this Matt talking to me? That's Scott. Oh, I love you, Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello. What am I like a you're three? A good, no, you're a good nine. The assistant. No, this is gonna, guy, uh, I don't know who that guy is. It's the assistant coach. Oh, that's the assistant coach. I'd give him a good eight or nine. Eight or nine? Like yeah. a regular eight or nine? Yeah. Oh, so you like the assistant coach better. Yeah, he's cute. Okay. All right. That's it. That's all I wanted you for. All right. So anyways, what I know about him from interviews back when he was with Forrest is that he likes the mentality of English players, which may be a hint as to what the roster might look like. And he he's not really a flash guy. He likes, like, for example, he said he doesn't necessarily get all hyped up when somebody nutmegs somebody else. He's more of a, a technique kind of guy, fundamentals. And he certainly says all the right things. Uh, and he sounds like a good head manager just from talking. Uh, first of all, so I do like uh, Bruno. Like, I like his pedigree. I do like that he does come from Portugal. I do follow the Portuguese league and Portuguese players a lot. You can ask Christian and a bunch of other guys about that. Um, so I already like the call by bringing in Bruno. Um, but then looking at um, his CV, seeing what he's done in the past, um, I think he is a good fit. Because, again, it's like what Mike said. Um, he's definitely likes the mentality of the English game. We're going to be having that here in the United States. It tends to be a little bit more rough and tough in the lower leagues. And, and again, I think with him having a lot of experience, even though it's short amounts of time, it's short stints at different places, I think it's going to benefit us and benefit him for the first you know, year, two years, and so forth. So the only, thing I'll ever, only other thing I'll say is that I think you guys – and you might have been joking, but you had your hopes a little high, naming these big names. Um, I think he's exactly what I expected. I'm impressed from hearing his interviews and doing some research. 
Um, you got to remember, this is D3 soccer in America. Um, hopefully D2 soon. But it's not even MLS 1, you know. So um, I think he's going to be a good developmental coach and hopefully the next star. And then we'll rise up and become an MLS coach or um, perhaps even bigger than that. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of, of the names we were throwing out were not going to happen. That was mostly just fucking around. But I agree with you that this is probably the perfect appointment for where we are right now, which is coming off of a three- to four-year hiatus with no players that we know of, but I'm sure that they have some players right now. But just looking at his, uh, his history, he was an assistant a lot. Um, he had one-year stints all over the place. For what we are, I feel like this is just as much an opportunity for him as it is for the players that we're going to get. And really, that's kind of what I want, is somebody who still has something to prove. It's not somebody who's already done something and can just rest on those laurels and whatever happens here happens here. He doesn't really care. It's somebody who... I'm assuming he's going to stick around for a while. It's not going to be two years and then he moves on. I'm saying maybe, you know, if things go well, you know, maybe half a decade he'll be here. If he does well, he'll get a job somewhere else. But uh, I'm not, I'm definitely not disappointed with it. Yeah, I, I'm happy as well. As, as Mike said, we were saying some, some names that was a, a little bit of a, I think misdirection from some people, but uh, I, I feel like, this appointment puts the club in a better position too, because any of those big names we were talking about were probably going to take the entire budget of the team to just have around. And what do you really get from a coach that's costing you three to four million a year in a D three league? I, I, I think I think we're going to bring up enough players anyway that and good quality players that we've got a pretty good chance at the championship anyway. So stay in your lane get someone who's also a coach who wants to stay somewhere for a little bit to bring up their CV and, and see where it goes. Yeah. Part of me is, is excited that he's mostly unknown to the majority of people who will be going to games because then now he is the opportunity to cut his teeth here. And then when people say, Oh, you know, who is this guy? Oh, he made his ranks in Rochester. So, I know um, we're talking about the manager, but I'm pretty excited about some new gear. I know some drops here on RNYFC. Um, is it RNYFC.com? Mm-hmm. That's the official. Yeah, and I think uh, there's going to be some more gear dropping here soon. Um, I assume that MLS2 is linked with Adidas as well. So hopefully we're getting some cool like track suits. Get my whole family matching track suits like black with the like <laughs> mint green stripes how sweet would that be yeah I, I mean i'll be right next to you wearing the same thing but i all the stuff that they had previewed on the homepage, like that black uh polo jacket some of the hats and the flags and, and things like that um if they just follow through on what they've already posted i feel like they're gonna do pretty well the big thing now is the uh, the kits. What are those going to look like? Oh. What direction do they go in? Yeah, I mean, you could go a few different directions. I mean, you could go just black with the neon mint, and then maybe even the neon mint being your home kit. How, how cool would that look like that? Kind of green with black stripes. 
It'd be kind of is that your, anything else. Is that your ideal? I think so. I mean, what do you do? Do you do like a lighter version for your home and a black away or vice versa? Well, I I would like uh, a home kit of black and white stripes with the neon mint accent, like the numbers, the sleeves, because I feel like that would be a good way to tie together the old era and the new era, because I don't even associate the rhinos with the color green. My generation specifically, and even, I guess, our generation, is black and white stripes. They've kind of hinted at black and white being a thing on the website. I don't think year one, you need to go all in on the new color. You can do black and white stripes with a little bit of that neon mint. I mean, because let's be honest, the, the kits change every year anyways. Why not do something that bridges those two fan bases because they're separate? There's the old heads and the new heads. You do something that links the two. And then year two, you can go all in on the neon mint. All right. Well, here, here's my thoughts, though. Don't you think more people would be obliged to buy like a neon mint kit rather than just like a white one with black stripes? See, I don't know, because I'm thinking about it from the perspective of no other team in America uses black and white stripes. There's a bunch of teams that are green, maybe not this specific shade of green. But as far as being unique, we can claim black and white stripes again. And I just I think that aspect of it is more invaluable than pushing this new shade of green. Are you talking black and white stripes like Juventus sort of thing? Yeah. Instead of like how Juventus has the gold trim and the gold numbers, you just put that as the new color. See, I thought you were talking about just like a plain black kit with white stripes, like Adidas shirt. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yes, that that's. I think you just need something that's going to make them known like that is their kit. That makes sense. Right. Like I so, I think a, a home kit that's black and white stripes with the neon mint trim, and then for an away, go all neon mint because nobody else is even going to come close to that color, and then do a throwback third just to really hammer home that it's the same team. But what do you guys think? Uh, I think that's where having adidas as a likely kit maker is is good i mean you you looked at portland timbers jersey this year and that was really unique where some other ones just they'd be like okay you're going to do a template and it's going to be a juventus jersey basically because that's what we have in the back room if i'm not mistaken i believe the mls kits are pretty unique for the home and all the aways are very similar and where they have those at least this year, the three the three big stripes on the shoulder, um, just different colors. Yeah, I hate that. I hate the, yeah. the I mean, fat that stripes on the one shoulder. Next year, um, but that's that, I believe that's the direction that probably MLS two would go to. You know, just follow whatever. Uh, I know they had the stripes last year as well in twenty twenty. In some jerseys, it works a lot. It it doesn't really. I do know I'm a, I'm a kind of a kid fanatic. I collect a lot of them. I know that I believe with I don't say I should I know I, I believe that MLS changes their kits every other year. So like one year will be the away kit and they'll wear that for two years and then switch that alternating with a home kit. So you get a new kit every year, um, either a new home or a new way and kind of alternating that. And I think all the away kits came out last year. I think we owe it to ourselves to be different 
because this upcoming year, we're the only independent team in this league. It would be beneficial to be to represent that in the kits as well and be as unique as possible and not just go for a straight template. Get a cool sponsor and no matter what it is, blend it into the same colors as the kit. There's nothing drives me more bonkers than when they put like for let's use LAFC for example. I know Christian's probably listening. That first year they had YouTube TV, it was like red and white on that gold and black kit. The second year they made the YouTube TV gold and um, black to kind of match the kit. It looks so much cleaner. It's so cool. And people still know it's YouTube TV, you know? So um, just kind of incorporate that color. It looks so much nicer. So for the kits, like it's like what Dave said, like that's going to change every year. But again, it all depends on the league. It depends on what, like Kai and Scott said, you know, this MLS um, league, it might be every other year. So there might be some restrictions to it, but I'm okay with it. Um, as long as the kit looks good. I do kind of like what Mike said with the stripes, but I'm pretty okay with it. As long as it's not those like Capelli versions that we saw in 2017. I'm going to be honest, that wasn't that good. <laughs> they still use those jerseys for Guyana. If there was some way to... Like, like, say they don't want to do black and white stripes. They just want to go all in on this black and gray and neon mint. If they could just do a small thing on the jersey to accomplish the same thing, which is give ammunition to the argument that it is the same team. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. It could be like a 1996 in Roman numerals on the back collar or something. Just something small that fans that are deep into it will appreciate. And fans that don't care if they're still the Rhinos or not won't even really notice. It it'll kind of it'll it's a small thing that'll go a long way. Well, I mean, Stu and I follow Liverpool, and as Stu knows, on the back in between the two shoulder blades of all their kits has a two flames, the '96 for justice for the '96. Um, not saying copy that, but it would be pretty cool if it said like 1996 or had like a little rhino there or something like that to kind of pay homage to the old right. club. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was my idea, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> so now that we've got a league, now that we've got a manager, now that we have a stadium, what else do we have? I think players are next, right? Season yes, tickets. That is, oh. oh, season tickets. Yes, that is. I think we've, we've, well, I don't think we can say what we know about season tickets. Um, so... Hopefully we start signing players and getting them onto the getting them into the Rochester area soon. Yeah, I mean, I think the next thing I'm excited about is uh, schedule release, you know. I, I'm sure that's going to be in the works over the next month or so. Yeah, um, good call on that, Scott, because uh, MLS just released their schedule, I believe, earlier today. It starts really early this year. It starts in February. And that's because the World Cup starts in November. They're finishing early. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the schedule, but... More so the the squad that they're putting together, because that's when this really starts taking shape. You start getting players in and you can start to kind of guess, you know, tactics, formation, what the style of play is going to be. And and honestly, that's the fun part for fans is to know who their players are and start to get behind uh, the actual team on the field. One thing I'm curious about with the players is how long the contracts are going to be. 
I'm not expecting it to be the one plus one we had with USL. Yeah, I really don't know how that works. It's going to be a learning process for all of us, I think. So basically, we have about three months. I'm not sure exactly when the league starts in March, but to me, it's three months or less than three months to the start date. So it's coming up. So they're going to have to make announcements um, pretty soon, and it's going to be rapid fire. And then also selling season tickets. Maybe they start with a deposit or something. I'm not 100% sure what you know which way they're going to go with that. But, I mean, that needs to start as well. Um, marketing um, and the schedule has got to come out like very soon. So there's a lot of things that have to drop in the month of like January, I'm thinking. Because if you think training and training kind of camp will be going on in February. So, you know. A lot of these, a lot of these things have to drop in January. I have a feeling that they have a lot of players already in agreement or signed or at least scouted, and they're just kind of we're waiting for everything to drop, and we're going to be hearing stuff for the next few weeks. Yeah, they're definitely so, going to keep us busy. That's for sure. So one thing that did kind of go under the radar is that they are doing open tryouts January thirteenth and fourteenth. They're limiting it to 50 players and you basically have to apply and then you're charged for the the tryout fee if you make that list of 50. So just talking here, I don't know, is there a way, I've always wanted to do this, could we get one of you guys to wear a GoPro and like somehow get you to try out? I mean, how how, how great would that be? (laughs) It's like have a first view angle on like the tryouts. That would be pretty cool. So and we can possibly pull our money together for somebody to do. Yeah, it. somebody so, whoever's in the most shape. I don't think I could do it, but find someone who's decently skilled and in shape. Christian should be the one. Team. <laughs> <laughs> can we all try out together and like wear one giant shirt? And it's just the four of us in one shirt trying out is one playing person. goalie. <laughs> yeah, all winded. <laughs> You, you know the first thing they do with these tryouts is mile run. Okay, you're, you're more than five minutes thirty. You're off the team. Dude, I would I would pay to watch Stu do the tryout, like throwing up on the side. <laughs> hey hey hey, come on! I'm only like what fifteen days older than you. This is true. Drinking a Red Bull and smoking a cigarette. Oh yeah, you got to. Sure, that's what Vardy does. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so. I'm not sure if we're going to get to another podcast uh, before it hits 2022, but uh, I want to thank all our listeners because without you, we'd literally be talking to nobody uh, or just each other. Um, we want to we want to thank our sponsor from this past year, uh, Good Shepherd's Brewery. You definitely got his money's worth on this. Um, <laughs> if you're in town this weekend, come on out to the officially unofficial Christmas party at Toasted Bear Tavern. We'll be there. North Star Ultras will be there. We're going to be knocking back drinks and watching USA versus Bosnia. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for everything Rhinos related. Follow North Star Ultras on Twitter and Instagram at North Star Ultras. There's a lot of big things coming down the pipe with the supporter side of things. Um, Moving forward next year, we're going to be opening up this podcast with listener mailbags. So email in those comments and questions. Stu, what's the email? Pause. I, I am Justin Timberlake at gmail.com. Yeah. Email that one and then also email. Stu, what's the email? You made it. I said, 
I, I, I said pause. Valiant thirty three pod at outlook.com. Yes, email that. I'm Mike. That's Stu. That's Parking Lot Scott. That's Matty O, a.k.a. the Soccer Gypsy. And this was the Valley 33 Podcast. Good job. <laughs> I still got to make it. I ended it. Time.